Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Poor Chista Kapoor was struggling with an undiagnosed case of late-stage Lyme disease, having to go through medical treatments every day. She even wrote a memoir about her experience called Sick. As a suggestion to help poor Chista get through her disease recovery, her doctor encouraged her to consider an emotional support dog. He said there could be a positive impact on her health as a result, and he was right. She got a poodle puppy and never looked back. That dog, Cosmo, helped motivate her to take hikes outside, focus on someone else by taking him to puppy school, and bring a level of unconditional love ever since. It's clear that Cosmo was crucial to her recovery and finding a new positive way forward in her life. And before we jump into the conversation, I wanted to let you know that just in time for the holidays, we've created an online gift shop on the DogSaveThePeople.com website. To start off, we have tees with the show logo that are super soft and come in black and light blue colorways. More products will be rolled out soon. So check out DogSaveThePeople.com and click on Shop in the menu to see the items. Now, on to the interview. Porchista, welcome to Dog Save the People. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Are you in New York? Yes, I am in Queens, New York. Let's begin. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your background. You are a very successful and prolific writer. Can you tell me a little bit about your uh, your writing career? I have only ever wanted to be a writer. So I was a journalist for years in my 20s, and now it's expanded that side of my life to like including investigative features and more book criticism, things like that. But then, you know, my, my real ambition was to be a novelist. And so my first novel came out in 2007. The second one came out in 2014. I'm working on my third novel now. Um, and then in between, I had two works of nonfiction, uh, a memoir, and then an essay collection. So my whole life is very much focused around writing and writing only, really. Wonderful. So, Porchisa, let's talk about dogs. So you uh, have a long history with rescue and with fostering. Can you walk us through those experiences a little bit? I guess it was the year after I graduated from grad school and I had this fellowship year. And I I knew it would be a pretty lonely year because a lot of my classmates were gone. And there was in Baltimore in an apartment that I purposely got because I knew they allowed dogs. And I just thought, why don't I just do this? I was about 25 or so. And I really had not grown up with pets at all. Uh, my life was pretty unstable then, but I thought it was really sort of um, in awe of, you know, racetrack greyhounds and the whole culture of retired racers. And these retired racers really need homes. And yeah. I did some research and I realized the seniors really needed homes more than any of them. So I contacted the local Baltimore Greyhound Rescue chapter. And the first dog I met was the one I ended up adopting this uh, retired racer named King. who was about, I think, eight years old then. And what I didn't realize, though, was that I was only like a little, little ways away from getting Lyme disease. And this dog was really his main ailment was Lyme disease. So with King, my whole life with him, every few months, like when he'd have flares, I'd be giving him antibiotics. Right. I just love this dog so much. And so then I started fostering. I ended up working with a lot of these dogs with Greyhound Rescue, and I kept thinking about adopting another, but um, I ended up just fostering and then just working with the, the organizations in general. And then I got into Saluki Rescue, <laughs> which is a whole other thing. 
but then my current dog happened. <laughs> yes, so let's talk about Cosmo. <laughs> he is my first dog that, you know, unfortunately I did get him from a breeder, but circumstances were such that I really had to. I was very, very ill with Lyme disease. Right. And there was really the type of like really scary, serious daily medical treatment, like IVs for hours every day. Yes. And I was yeah. really at like kind of death's door. And at a certain point when I was getting these IV treatments, there was an old lady uh, who always sat next to me and she was watching me get really excited when someone had brought their dog. And the dog was this like little black dog that just looked like a slightly smaller poodle. I had never been interested in poodles in my life, but somehow I loved this little black poodle, this Moyen poodle. And she said, yeah, you know, you can adopt one. There's only two places really. And she told me the name of one. And the old lady was like, it seems like you really love dogs. You should really you should adopt one. I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm really sick. And my doctor happened to come in the room. Then he's like, you know, it'd be great for your health actually. (laughs) And I was like, interesting. I don't know if I could take care of it. And I thought, well, my partner at the time might be able to, and we lived in, you know, here we were in Santa Fe again, which is, you know, definitely part city, but like we had a lot of land and I just thought, okay, well, maybe this is possible. I ended up getting this dog. And, um, we got him in Albuquerque airport and I had my little dog snacks with me and I had had no experience with puppies in my life. Oh boy. And so then he and I started attending puppy school, (laughs) you know, once or twice a week for many months, you know, so I I really thought of him as a Santa Fe dog, very much like a dog that belonged in the, in the wilderness. Like we'd go hiking and, and like, he loved to hike. He would just go way off into the woods and wait for me to catch up and then oh, run all it. the way back, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. He was really off leash all the time and just very confident off leash and just, just like really great dog. And then, um, at a certain point, maybe six months or so into it, I realized and my health got a lot better. And so I realized for work, I needed to move back to New York and I thought, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to do it with this dog. So we actually drove cross country back from New Mexico to New York. And it was kind of amazing to think like after all these years of being sick, I was well enough to do that. That's wonderful. Then the biggest surprise of him in New York, I was like, he's going to hate New York. He's, he's like, it was a child in New Mexico and he just loved it. And so now we live in Queens, you know, we've moved a few times within New York, but we've been inseparable and he just turned eight. He's not quite a senior yet, but it's like over middle age a little bit. Right. Like, exactly. How is this guy not a baby still? I don't know. Oh, I know. I know it. They grow up so fast. I have this one quote uh, from from something that you wrote about Cosmo that he's a boy in a dog suit. Which I think <laughs> such a, what a great image. Yeah, he really is. I mean, God, also because like poodle proportions are so human like. Yes. They're literally just shaped very much like human beings. But he really is a boy in a dog suit because he is just very real. Like, I can tell everything about him. Is he in a bad mood today? Is he going to go to sleep? Like, what is he really thinking right now? Like, it's just very weird to live with a dog that's, that has this strong a personality. He has such a unique personality. And he's people really get to know him. And so it's been great during the pandemic because it's really like I haven't been lonely really at all because it's like he and I really have these special days together where I live with a dog that's just unlike any dog for me, really. I love it. With the pandemic, because I know for myself, I basically in lockdown was with I have three dogs. I was with my dogs and I wouldn't really leave the house much except to walk them. And the dog park was closed, as I know that you mentioned in your writing. And uh, so we, we found different ways and different routes. And I actually discovered a lot about my neighborhood. I live in West Chelsea, but I discovered a lot about my neighborhood that I just really started to enjoy 
visiting and walking along the river. Yeah, well, it was really crazy because Queens became like the center of the pandemic at one point. Yes. And it was just like, oh, my God, I'd been through 9-11. And then I was like, how could I be at the center of this also? Like, it was just so horrible. Yes. So I was pretty traumatized. But I think for Cosmo and a lot of the dogs in my building, it was like kind of great to have our owners around all the time. Like, and because we can't really hug people, you know, here we are just like cuddling our dogs all the time. Yeah, it's true. A lot of quality time. I was really lucky because my, whereas like the regular neighborhood park, dog parks were closed, my building has its own dog park. Oh, nice. That was great. For him and I, I think the one thing that's gone right in the pandemic is like my life with him. Right. Oh, I love <laughs> that. So, Portista, where can we find you uh, online or on social media? Yeah, well, on my Instagram, there's lots of photos of Cosmo, too. That's P C H C A. Then I'm on Twitter, P-K-H-A-K-P-O-U-R, and on Facebook. And yeah, a quick bulk of my social media is dog photos. So I love it. Oh, that's so great. Poor Chisto, it was such a, such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you again. Yes, thank you. Have a great day. It was touching to hear about how Cosmo came into Poor Chisto's life just at the right time. Even now, he's kept her company during both good and bad times including developing an even stronger bond together during the pandemic, learning to understand him like he is a young boy and happily relying on each other for companionship. It is clear that they were meant for each other. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It is made with the support of executive producer Scott Benaglio and our producer and editor Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor Daniel Lampert for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Dog Save the People, Facebook at Dog Save the People Podcast, and Twitter at Dog Save the PPL. We have a new gift shop on the DogSaveThePeople.com website with our first line of show merchandise that includes super soft t-shirts in black and light blue colorways. We are also happy to say that the shirts from the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, have also been added to the DogSaveThePeople.com gift shop. Profits from these t-shirts will be going to support independent rescues and shelters. If you have any questions or submissions, you can reach out to us on our website or on social media or email us at dogsavethepeople at gmail.com. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so see you next week for another episode from Dog Save the People. Thank you.